The service of prayer and preaching for the seventh Sunday after Trinity, July 23rd, 2023. The opening hymn is LSB 572, In the Shattered Bliss of Eden. Taste 
Eastern sea, the bliss of heaven, known by saints around the throne, where the Lamb in closest union lives to love and feed his own. From his riven side forever flows the This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Sanctify us in your truth. Your word is truth. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy will you draw water from the wells of salvation. And you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy 
Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and has become my salvation. A reading from Genesis, the second chapter. Then the Lord God formed the man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed out of Eden to water the garden, and there it divided and became four rivers. The name of the first is the Pison. It is the one that flowed around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good, Bdellium and Onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is the Gion. It is the one who, that flowed around the whole land of Cush. And the name of the third river is the Tigris, which flows east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The intro it is verses from Psalm 47. peoples shout to God with loud songs of joy for the Lord the Most High is to be feared a great king over all the earth he subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet sing praises to God sing praises sing praises to our king sing praises for God is the King of all the earth. Sing praises with a psalm. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Clap your hands, all peoples, shout to God with loud songs of joy. For the Lord the Most High is to be feared, a great King over all the earth. A reading from Romans, the sixth chapter. What then? Are we to sin because we are not under law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, 
or of obedience which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed, and having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification. When you were slaves of sin, you were freed in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? The end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from Mark, the eighth chapter. In those days when again a great crowd had gathered and they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come from far away. And his disciples answered him, How can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? And he asked them, How many loaves do you have? They said, Seven. And he directed the crowds to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves, and having given thanks, he broke them, and gave them to his disciples to set before the people, and they set them before the crowd. And they had a few small fish. And having blessed them, he said that these also should be set before them. And they ate and were satisfied. And they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. And there were about four thousand people, and he sent them away. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue with a common responsory found on page 263. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. The Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, and the Lord's Prayer. You shall have no other gods. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, 
the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our kids learned this week that we have a lot for which we can sing. Our scriptures are filled with many different types of songs, and we continue to sing them together with saints on earth, angels, archangels, and the whole company of heaven in our liturgy and our hymns. As heaven is opened through our incarnate Christ, we have peace on earth and goodwill among those with whom he is pleased. As we gather in worship, we sing in God's presence, and he cleanses our lips, our hearts, and our minds so that we rightly and joyously approach his throne of grace, where he is merciful to us, which we receive through his word and sacraments. Our singing is not just contained within these walls. After we receive these great gifts from God, we leave this place and sing of his deeds, his salvation, his love to all the world. Like Israel, after crossing the Red Sea, we sing of God's glorious works and his complete and total work of salvation, which he gives to his people. Paul knew these songs and would sing them frequently. They too would give him peace and hope and joy. With these songs in his own heart and on his own lips, he writes to the Romans. Today's epistle is the last third of Romans 6. Last week, we heard the first third. Paul began there with an explication of baptism's delivery from sin's dominion. He was responding to his own statement at the end of Romans 5. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death... Grace also might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. With the psalmist this week, our kids sang, O sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. To sing of his salvation means that we need something from which to be saved. We should not mistake God's generosity in forgiving our sins as toleration, or his simply sweeping them under the rug as insignificant. Thus, Paul puts out a rhetorical question to drive the point home. He says, having heard that grace abounds where sin increases, should we continue in sin that grace may abound all the more? He answers immediately, may it never be so. His next question asks whether or not we have any actual understanding of grace. He is incredulous as he asks, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Don't you know what that means? What that has given to us and has made us to be? Don't you know that grace reigns supreme in the believer over sin and disobedience? Remember, he says, the righteous shall live by faith. What does this look like? Well, we were buried with Christ by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, 
we too would be raised from the death of sin and walk in newness of life. That newness of life is sanctification, which is a gift that leads to eternal life and perfection. If we have been united with him in a death like his, that is, a death by crucifixion, a death in obedience to God the Father and the law, and we have been united to him in a death like his by holy baptism, then we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his, which we are in holy baptism. In Titus 3, Paul calls this baptism a baptism both of regeneration, that is, justification, and also renewal, that is, sanctification. We know that our old man, that wicked part of us that still abides on this side of glory, hates God and God's law. He was crucified with Christ in order that the body of sin for which he craves and desires would be brought to nothing. With unfettered joy and loosened tongues, we sing of the salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. We are no longer enslaved by sin. We are free in Christ. Baptism has drowned and the has drowned the old Adam, and the old Adam has died. And anyone who has died to sin has been set free from sin. Paul then rephrases his earlier rhetorical question. He asks, What then? Are we to sin? because we are not under the law, but are under grace. He again answers emphatically, may it never be so. We are free from sin, not for sin. Being free from sin makes us slaves to righteousness. You are slaves to the one that you obey. Either you are a slave to sin, hating the law, and seeking your own way, which leads to damnation, or... You are obedient to God, loving his law and his ways, putting the old man to death by daily repentance and contrition in the means of grace, which leads to righteousness. This is what it is to be baptized. After Paul explains that he is speaking in the manner of men, he summarizes, Just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, you who are baptized now present your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification. You are not free in regard to righteousness. You have been freed of the law's condemnations. You have been and are absolved of your sins. You are not guilty. You have not, however, been freed from the law's demands. You have been freed of sin by baptism which saves. You now belong to God. Free of sin, you become a slave of God. His mark is upon you. You are ruled by grace. Baptism does not make you your own Lord. He, into whom you are baptized, is your Lord. Being ruled by grace, you are now free to engage in the lifelong battle against yourself, the devil, and the world. You are now free to serve God in righteousness and purity. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, all of this can be a bit confusing, which is why Paul spends so much time on it in Romans and his other writings. If we're not ruled by sin, why do we sin? If we are free from condemnation of the law, what does our obedience matter? What does it mean when Paul calls us slaves? There are myriad ways to get this wrong and fall into some version of either legalism or antinomianism or flaky mysticism. 
Paul is following the example of the Old Testament songs, which sing of what is true and which we confess by faith, not by sight or reason or experience. We live by faith. In our songs, we confess that which God has revealed in his word by his mercy, even when it might seem almost contrary to our own experience or what we think would be better. We sing baptism saves. We sing grace reigns. We sing he is our Lord. In the next chapter of Romans, Paul will acknowledge more directly that the life of faith is a battle against the self that is utterly dependent on Christ who delivers us from this body of death by grace. That chapter embodies the painful confusion that results from having an old and new man simultaneously while we await glory. As we sing, it's important to know why we sing. Our translation of verse 19, which was the first verse of the epistle today, doesn't do much to help our confusion. We heard I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. That's a bit misleading. More literally, Paul says, I'm speaking in the manner of men because of the sickness of your flesh. We need to know the, the cause of our confusion and pain. The problem is not our nature or limited capacity as given by God. Rather, the cause of our problem is the sin that infects us. The sin that, that sin rebels and chafes against hierarchy and the goodness of the divine order. In the original creation before the fall, human beings were fully capable of submitting to a loving father without fear or worry or resentment because they trusted him. Paul says he is speaking in a human way because he is using human speech, which has been corrupted by human experience and abuse. He has no other speech to use. One of these words that has been tainted in human speech and fraught with evil being used in wicked ways is the word slave. And the words servant and underling are not much better. And these aren't the only painful words. It's horrific to consider that there are Christians who struggle to call God father because their biological fathers were abusive or absent. They can't make up new words for God, but rather have to allow, as it were, God's word to redeem human words. This is what Paul is acknowledging. He says, look, I, I know what you're thinking. You don't want to be slaves or called slaves, but you are a slave whether you know it or not. And to be a slave to righteousness, a slave of God, is to be loved and cared for. It is to have an honored and valuable place in creation, to be, in fact, in dominion over creation. I know it's hard to understand because of the fight that is in you against sin and the weakness that always wants to fight for its rights, but we don't live by intellect. We live by faith and by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If he says it, it is good and will do what he says. Christ is our ultimate example in this. He did not struggle with being a slave of his father, for he was without sin. He was happily obedient to his father, even when it was unjust and terribly painful and didn't seem to make sense. He never doubted that his father loved him and would vindicate him. He knew that his father would work everything together for good and deliver us to him as a gift. Our problem with being called slaves of God, with the law, with obedience and grace, 
with the proper articulation and balance of justification and sanctification is not the limited capacity of the human mind or the need for better words. Rather, it, it is the sick weakness of our flesh which has been corrupted by sin. Because of sin, we are prone to mistrust God or judge him and his law. Instead of his word to understand the world and our place in it and his goodness, we try to use our faulty and confused experience or reason. So we make up theologies or theodicies that explain away the mystery and appeal to the cravings of our fallen flesh. Because we sin, we struggle to believe that grace reigns, that we are freed for obedience, and that obedience is good and worth the effort. We struggle to believe that God is working all things together for our good when we are in the midst of so much sorrow and uncertainty and our lives have gone the way we wanted. God knows this, and so he gives us song. He gives us music to play and words to sing. He gives us songs that confess these things beyond our minds and lay them squarely and firmly on our hearts. We sing by his grace. We sing that we're baptized. Paul's ultimate statement in chapter 6 is all of Christian theology and all of our hope in a single summary sentence, all centered and rooted in the death and resurrection of Christ, delivered in holy baptism, which regenerates and renews. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Of this gift and many more, we sing. We sing to the Lord and bless his name, telling of his salvation from day to day. We sing holy, 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 and glory be to God on high. For he is our strength and our song, and he has become my salvation. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We sing him LSB 561, The Tree of Life.
In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the holy Christian church, here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and the dying, and for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Finally, for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. 
Lord, have mercy. O God, whose never-failing providence orders all things both in heaven and earth, we humbly implore you to put away from us all hurtful things and to give us those things that are profitable for us. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Christ has been raised from the dead, alleluia, alleluia. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Raised from the dead, he will never die again. Death has no more dominion over him. Christ has been raised from the dead. Alleluia, alleluia. Dying, Christ dies to sin once for all. Living, he lives to God. Count yourselves as dead to sin and alive to God. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Christ has been raised from the dead. Alleluia. Alleluia. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you. Amen. We sing hymn LSB 578, Thy Strong Word. Thy strong word did weave the darkness, at thy speaking it was done.
For created light we thank Thee, while Thine ordered seasons run. Alleluia, alleluia, praise to Thee who light dost send. Alleluia, 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 without end. Lo, on those who dwelt in darkness, dark as night and deep as death, Broke the light of thy salvation, breathed thine own life-breathing breath. Alleluia, alleluia, praise to thee who light dost send. Alleluia, 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 without end. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Glorious now we press toward glory, and our lives our hopes confess. Alleluia, alleluia, praise to thee who light dost send. Alleluia, 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 without end. From the cross thy wisdom shining, breaketh forth in conquering might. From the cross forever beameth all thy bright redeeming light. Alleluia, alleluia, praise to thee who light dost send. Alleluia, 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 without end. Give us lips to sing thy glory, tongues thy mercy to proclaim, throats that shout the hope that fills us, mouths to speak thy holy name. Alleluia, alleluia, may the light which thou dost send Fill our songs with alleluias, alleluias without end. God the Father, Light Creator, to Thee laud and honour be. To Thee, Light of Light begotten, praise be sung eternally. Holy, 
the Spirit, Light Revealer, Glory, glory be to Thee, Mortals, angels, now and ever, Praise the Holy Trinity.